Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Chris, what are we listening to? That's of course Call Me by Blondie, uh, the song that uh, John Moran was essentially singing in the third quarter last night for the Grizzlies. Um, they called 12, he answered the line. Uh, yes, indeed, he did. Uh, I'm going to get to Grizzlies in a minute. Before I do that, uh, you did, by the way, your, post, your, your piece, fabulous piece about the uh, Beale Street Music Fest uh, is up for people to read. I've tweeted it out. I like the headline. What is it? Something like the the lineup is terrible. No, not really. Um, and uh, you celebrate the 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 spring sport that we have of complaining about the music fest lineup. And then I I like the idea that basically you go and surprising things happen. Like you go and you have a good time, and it really it's not that the lineup is irrelevant. Of course, it's relevant, but. Is that your experience of it that you discover you you uh, you know surprising and entertaining things entertaining things happen every time you go or invariably? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a different experience for different people. For a lot of people, it's just about hanging out. Like you know, you're outside. If the weather's nice, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. You're outside. You're drinking beer. You're eating Prano pups or whatever. You're hearing music. You're hanging out with friends. Like whatever. Um, for me, I, I, like I'm into lots of different kinds of music. I don't like to like stay in one place. You know, at a festival like that, I like to walk around and bounce between stages and hear different stuff. And so I'll, 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 I mean, I've never gone to a music fest and not had lots of great musical experiences in a year, regardless of the lineup from year to year. I don't even know how long it's been around. Did you go to music fest as a teenager growing up in this area? Um, I think once or twice. Yeah, it was not like a not every year thing. Um, and I didn't move to Memphis while so I was in the tenth grade, right. but. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, so that was like three years, basically, I was here as a teenager when that was happening. I think I went a couple times, but I don't have really super specific memories of it. I actually have more memories of the Sunset Symphony than the Music Fest as a teenager. Uh, okay, give me, uh, before I move on from this topic to the Grizzlies, give me your uh, three uh, 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 memorable moments or music experiences you've had at Memphis Music Fest. I'd say your top three, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I never warn you about what we're going to talk about, so it seems unfair to have a ranking. Uh, but give me three. Uh, well, the number one is definitely Neil Young a few years ago where um, the, the old man walked out onto the stage, looked out at the river. I choose to believe this was impromptu, but probably not. But looked out at the river and then plugged in and played literally a 35-minute version of Down by the River, which could be terrible, but in this case it was glorious. Um, like every time, every time that they came out of the noise back into the chorus, like it was, was pretty elevating. So that was awesome. Um, 
there was a year, this was a long time ago, this was probably 15 years ago, but on a Sunday night, like, the weather was gorgeous. For some weird reason, they had Mavis Staples, who's, you know, classic, you know, classic soul artist, and then Sonic Youth, which is a noisy sort of post-punk band, back-to-back on the same stage, which there's probably not a lot of overlap between Mavis Staples and Sonic Youth fans, but I am, I am, in, I am in the Venn diagram overlap of that. Uh-huh. And I, thought it was, I thought it was beautiful. Um, and then, you know, Julian Baker a few years ago, who was a local artist, and she was playing, like, first show, like, Friday afternoon. There's, like, you know, 30 people, probably more than that, but it feels like that because the, 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 the field is so big. Small crowd, and she played um, really a great set, but she, she did the, her song Rejoice at the front of the stage and basically, like, seems like felt like it stopped time for everyone who was there. Uh, also, by the way, in this column, you said, and I've, I, you've now, I think, referenced this twice in the past week, Post Malone is terrible. I have no opinion on Post Malone, wouldn't recognize Post Malone, know nothing about Post Malone, but you seem to have a conviction that Post Malone is terrible. Well, I, I, think, I think the relationship between the two mentions is that the first mention put him in, put him in my mind. Right. right. Yeah, I get so, that. Yeah. So, so he, he played at the All-Star game, and, and uh, he was, I was reminded how terrible he was. And then as I was thinking about Music Fest, like he drew a huge, huge crowd, and like I think he's pretty terrible. So, yeah. Uh, also, last music question. It is the 50th anniversary of The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. What's the significance of that album? Does it have particular significance? Did it have to well, you? I, 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 I'm not a fan, um, personally. I do own a copy of that, but I'm not. That, that, that is a subgenre of rock music I'm not much into, that sort of prog rock, art rock kind right. of stuff. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a Pink Floyd right. fan. But that, w- the significance of that record, setting aside opinions about quality, yeah. is that, that I don't know if this is still true, but at one point it was true. It was it, it had the longest. It had spent the most time like in whatever the top forty or the top one hundred or whatever of the album charts of any album ever. Like it was like in the whatever the cutoff was, it was there for like decades. Like it was just hanging around. And so in terms of longevity on the album charts, it was like the most had the most longevity of any album ever. All right, moving on. Uh, last night, uh, Grizzlies do beat the Lakers. I, I you know I I was as I was walking around. Before the game, and then I, I took a stroll at halftime, I, I was prepared to sort of reconsider Laker fans. Like, there they are. They, they, they actually, it's been pretty pathetic for a while for the Lakers. And they turn out in force. I, I, I think it's actually pretty impressive. I, I, I've, I know they irritate people, and I get it. All these LeBron jerseys walking around. But like I don't know, like I was, I was, I was like, they, there's not a hell of a lot to root for right now. But there they are. I, I, I think it's kind of impressive. Well, you have this intersection now between Lakers fans and LeBron fans, and, and, and you know it's starting to know like where, like right. where, where, where people are coming from. That's a lot true of hardcore old time Laker fans aren't necessarily huge LeBron fans, right? Like right. If, if people showed up in their Kobe jerseys. Like that, you know. There were Kobe saw, jerseys. There were Minneapolis Laker jerseys. There were. Um, uh, I, I saw a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar jersey. Yeah, Kareem jerseys. Like I, I don't. You're right though, because actually, as I was looking at the history, to some extent, I was just preparing for it, the game a little bit. I was wondering if I was going to look up LeBron visits. I was sort of looking at past visits, and I was looking at. Am I looking at Laker visits with the with you know the beat LA in 2000? 
one or whatever that was, or LeBron visits. And those are different things which now have merged into one. Obviously, Ja incandescent in the third quarter. Uh, your thoughts on his third quarter and his night? I mean, he has had – it's not like he's been in some big slump. Like, I, I looked at his right. game log a little bit. He had, like, multiple 30-point games, not right before the break, but pretty close before the break. But it feels like it's been a, long, it's been a while since he's he sort of gone off. Right. Um, and, and that third quarter was as much as he ever has, obviously. I mean, the franchise record for points in a quarter. Um, you know, I thought the first half of that game was bad. Bad. <laughs> bad, yes. Yeah, just straight up bad all the way around, every way around, other than Santi Aldama doing a couple things and Luke Kennard hitting the three. It was pretty much bad. And so, like, they needed, they needed to wake up. Um, and he sort of just did it himself. He used to put the whole team on his back for 12 minutes, and then after that, I think everyone else showed up with him. I think Jared, I thought, was great in the fourth quarter and some other, you know, other guys. But, you know, that Laker team, you know, who's he being guarded by? You know, Dennis Schroeder and Malik Beasley or whatever. Like, you know, I know he's got Anthony Davis at the back line, but, I mean, even now, Anthony Davis is not Jaron. You know, it's a shot blocker. It's a rim protector. So that was a team. That was a team where he, you know, he, he should be able to go off, and and it was good to see him do it. Yeah, it's it was um, to that point. By the way, um, I, I, I of the he assisted or scored thirty six points, and the first twenty six of them until he created a little cushion. The Grizzlies were either trailing, tied, or leading by a single possession. Like, it wasn't like the Lakers. Lakers came down and scored, and he'd have to score again. It kept happening. Then Anthony Davis scores with 5.57 left in the quarter, and the Lakers go up 69-68. And the next 25 points, he either scored or assisted on the next 25 points. It was it was re- remarkable. It also, though, didn't feel particularly... Like, like he did it, as people have pointed out, he scored all those points, 28, and then 39 in the game without a three. And that's impressive, but it's also not ideal. Like, in, 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 when you're going to be playing meaningful playoff games, it's going to be harder than that, I, I guess, I guess is what I'm going to say. It, 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 that, like, there's nothing – you can't duplicate that in the, necessarily in the, in the playoffs, it seems to me. Well, the best, I mean, if you look at the game overall, you know, it's, it's 39, 10, and 10, or whatever. Right. So, like, you know, but, but in terms of that third quarter, yeah, you're, you're, the, the best possible Grizzlies basketball is not going to be John Morant scoring that, that percentage of your points right. and doing it and just attack, attack, attack. At the attack, rim attack, every attack. time, yeah. Right. No, you need more balance. You need, you know, you need Bain hitting threes and Jaron involved. You need everything else. But, like, you know. It's the third quarter on a on a right. Tuesday night in, in in February or whatever, and like you know, things happen. Where does that uh, Jaron dunk? Uh, he was asked about it afterwards in the in the locker room, and there was there was debate about whether it was his best ever. There was some Jaron dunk against Orlando that he recalled, but it's got to be up there. Yeah, I, I don't have an instant memory storm. Jaron <laughs> right. dunks. That's not really his like main thing. Um, it does feel like he is getting – see, he had a big back in the previous game um, late. And it feels like, you know, he's getting – in fact, I know. I, mean, I wrote about this early in the season where his, you know, his dunk numbers and his alley-oop numbers had – at one point, like midway through the season, his alley-oop 
his alley-oop dunk numbers, which is a little bit different, but his alley-oop numbers had tripled over the previous year in like half the number of games. Um, and so his, his springiness, his verticality, his finishing hard around the rim is up significantly from a year ago, which, you know, partly I think is, you know, more removed from that knee injury. But that, that, that's an extremely promising thing to, that has happened a little bit under the radar this season. Uh, in terms of other matters last night, um, were you a fan of Dylan's fit, as they call it, the fit? I, I was, I, my thing, and I mentioned this to my friend Dan Wykey, who was in, who's the beat writer for yeah. the Lakers. We were talking about it before the game. I give Dylan, um, I give Dylan a lot of leeway in his, in his wardrobe <laughs> because he doesn't, because unlike a lot of these dudes, he does not have a stylist telling right. him what to wear. And so I, I, I appreciate that. I tip my cap to not having a stylist, and I say, you do you, Dylan Brooks. That's 100%. That's 100% right. He was loudly, he loudly proclaimed that again. I said, how did you put, I said, how'd you put that together? And he said, well, I don't have a stylist or, like, whatever. It was, it was, right. it was just, it was Dylan doing Dylan. Um, there was nothing about that performance by the Lakers that made me think that they're going to be able to survive without LeBron. Do you agree? No, and and there, you know, I was like, look at the standings again. Standings change slightly every day, and it's all sort of jumbled, but at this point, you know, they're starting to get a little bit of drift there, and they, I mean, they're only, I think, half a game, a game, whatever, out of the play-in, but they're like, at this point, three games out of the sixth seed with four teams, four or five teams they would have to leap to get right. there. I just think that's not happening. They very well may still get into the play-in. If they can get into the play-in with a healthy LeBron, and who knows if they'll get a healthy LeBron. But if they can get into, get into the play-in with healthy LeBron, healthy, healthy Anthony Davis, sure, all bets are off. But I think it's going to have to be that. I, and I, and I think, would bet against that. I know the Jazz yeah. lost last night to, uh, you know, uh, to San Antonio. And I know the Pelicans are in free fall. But yeah, Portland wants to make it, you know. Like, That's I, right. I, I I don't think they're going to make, and I want them to make it because I because literally it comes down to that draft pick, and I don't think they're going to be much of a threat in the playoffs. So I don't really care. So I would prefer them to make it. I just don't think they will. I I, I, I wouldn't rule out them squeaking in at like the ten or the nine, but to me that's now the best case scenario for them. It's squeaking in. It's like the ten or the nine, and now you got to win two play in games to even get into the playoffs. It is amazing how the media, national media universe, just is obsessed with them. <laughs> the boot, yeah. the boot, the boot, the boot, all this discussion about how they – you're right. I went back and listened to a lot of this stuff. On Monday, they were all saying they're going to beat the Grizzlies or, or, or Denver as, as the, you know, if, they, if they get in as a seven or eight, and now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a crisis. Elsewhere, um, let's see, Mavs lose to the Pacers. They're now one of five with Luka and Kyrie. Kyrie misses the game winner. Um, and the Sacramento just keeps winning. Like, Sacramento, I don't know. I, I, they're, they're keeping the three. They're certainly keeping the three, but are they, I, I, they, are, they are a threat for the two. And it makes sense. They got two all-stars, yeah, no, right? They still are. Yeah. What do you think no, of that still, team? They're, yeah. They're still a threat for the two. I, I, I mean, I, I would predict the Grizzlies are going to keep the two. But I, I think Sacramento now, I think it's – I you know two weeks ago I thought they would slip down to four or five and now I don't think that anymore. Um, I mean I was higher on that team significantly than 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 the consensus before the season. I was on the record with that, 
I didn't think they were going to be the three seed in the West, obviously. Right. I thought they would be like, you know, the seven or eight or nine, something like that. Um, that team is really good offensively. That is not the least bit surprising that they are an elite or near elite offensive team with, with De'Aaron Fox and, and Demontis Sabonis as sort of the fulcrum and then surrounding those dudes with shooters, which is what they went out and did to get Kevin Harder, get Malik Monk. They basically said, we have this great attacking point guard. We have this big man who can, who can sort of be, be the sort of the, the fulcrum of the offense. And we're going to surround those two guys with shooters. And there's no surprise to me that that has worked. Um, they're not good defensively, but they've been good enough, right? They're not terrible. They're not right. like the worst defensive team in the league or whatever. They got, they went out and got a good, a very good defensive coach, a coach with a very good defensive reputation of Mike Brown, which looks like a really good hire. It's a lot of history of hires not working out in Sacramento, and we'll see. It's short, you know, Dave Yeager's a good coach, and he didn't last there, so we'll see. Mike Malone, a good coach, didn't last there. So it's, it's not like they haven't had good coaches, but it's just a messy situation. But uh, Mike Brown has done a really good job. You know, I got to think he's one of the among the top candidates for coach of the year. Um, I still don't. I'm not sold on that team in the playoffs. I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're going to be a popular upset pick in the first round. I think in the Western Conference, I think in the East, the top four seeds are all going to win their first round series. Right. And I think in the, I think in the West, at least one of the top four seeds is going to get upset in the first round, depending on how the matchups shake out. And I think, I think, I think. Whoever Sacramento faces in the first round, I think that team will be favored, favored to beat by them. most pro- prognosticators. Yeah, it'll, yes. be the, it'll be the hot one. All right, so now the Grizzlies go on the road, uh, Houston tonight, but then Nuggets, Clippers. Then it, it gets good. Yeah, yeah, Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, Golden State. I mean, this is not just the road trip. This is continuing. Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, Golden State, Dallas, Dallas, Miami. And those games happen like, they've got a game on the 1st, on the 3rd, on the 5th, on the 7th, on the 9th, on the 11th, on the 13th, and the 15th. Like, every other day. So you get this yeah. thing tonight, and then and then away we go. Yeah, so, so the Houston game is kind of like the appetizer. I looked at this right. this morning. The Houston game is kind of like the appetizer, and then those next 10, 10, game is, next 10 games is like a full-force meal. And in those next 10 games, five of the 10, and in fact, I think five of the next six, or something like that, or on national television, and eight of the ten are against Western Conference teams in the playoff race. Um, and so, like, I think after that, it's going to taper off a little bit. But, but there, it sounds like they're going to get Stephen Adams back, not for the first game in that ten-game stretch, which is at Denver, but probably in, in the one of the next two, which is that weekend in Los Angeles. And so, I think your hope is you get Stephen Adams back at that point. You settle whatever your rotation is going to be if everyone else is healthy, and you know, for at that point, maybe eight games after you get Steven Adams back, you roll out the team you want to put on the floor against a really tough stretch of schedule and you see what it looks like. And I think it'll be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, all right. And then in terms of Houston, is there anything in that wreck of a team? What do you like? I don't know if I like much of anything in Houston. I, 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 I've been more of a skeptic on Jalen Green and he's super talented, but, you know, I don't know. Not really my kind of player. Right. Um, Jabari Smith, you know, again, there's a lot of talent there, but he's been pretty bad. Um, I don't really like much of anything on that team, to be honest with you. Uh, and just um, legendarily bad defensively. Just horrific. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been, a, it's been a bad – it's clearly they're in a, the rebuild talent accumulation mode, which is fine. But I think the consensus is, and I, the accurate consensus is, they've done a really bad job of trying to, like – 
direct and cultivate that talent, that young talent. And I don't know how productive things are. I mean, you know, if they end up getting the, you know, the first pick in the draft, you can sort of reset everything and like, you know, now our team is about Victor right. Wimbledon and we go from there. And I think that would be a reset for them. But if they don't get like the first or second pick, I just think, you know, I don't know. You see, I had more young talent that's not going anywhere. I, I think that team is probably due for a coaching change. I don't know that it's the coach's fault what's happened there, but I think they're probably due for a coaching change. All right, Chris, thanks very much. Appreciate it. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.